Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I am uh, really excited today to be talking about consoles. And so lately in the past few months, um, you may have noticed if you follow me around online via YouTube and my site and other places like that, you may have noticed that, I, I mean, I always talk a lot about consoles. I, I do talk a lot about consoles, but I, I've talked more and kind of put out some more videos and, and content talking about why I, I pick certain consoles over other ones. In fact, I had a YouTube video um, a month or two ago that literally was just a price comparison, a purely price comparison um, between the consoles uh, on the professional level between Onyx and, and a lot of its competitors and why I recommend that uh, on, you know, on this site. And so what I wanted to do in this podcast was go even deeper than that. And we'll make sure to link to that, that video about Onyx uh, and why I choose that in the, the price comparison. Um, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. But ultimately, um, what I want to talk about today is, is going deeper into how do I choose consoles that I, I promote and that I recommend to people um, why do I choose those consoles and, and what am I looking for and how do I add new consoles to my list? So before we begin there, um, I just want to do a quick note about sponsors here on the show. Um, haven't had sponsors before. Typically, we just sponsor it here by Learn Stage Lighting Labs. But if you're listening, if you work, happen to work for any lighting manufacturers or anybody like that, and, and you're interested in sponsoring the show, um, even systems integrators, you know, things like that. Shoot me an email at questions at learnstagelighting.com or just go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact and um, send me an email. I'm starting to to think about the podcast a little bit more just because uh, as I add in especially the interviews and I want to do more with this platform, it, it does take up a good bit of time and it, it takes money. You got to pay for the hosting and there's other f fees and, and costs that are in there that aren't part of the regular website. And, and ultimately, you know, I'd love to do this for you guys for a long time, but but it's going to take, uh, you know, just figuring out how to pay for it. So what I'm, what I'm starting to figure out as well is, um, just to bounce this off you guys here at the start, is is should I do some sponsors? Because uh, previously, I, I, I don't do sponsors for very many things. I rarely take any sponsorships um, because I want to be as unbiased as possible with my gear recommendations. And a lot of times sponsorships are gear companies, right? Uh, the other thing is that I was considering maybe doing a Patreon for my podcast and YouTube audience. And so that we'd uh, maybe have some perks, maybe, uh, you know, making sure I always answer Patreon questions, whereas other questions may not get answered. Um, you know, giving you guys the podcast early, a little more access, maybe interviewing some people who are on Patreon on the podcast. Um, just, just some ideas that I'm thinking of to be able to continue doing this podcast for a long time to be able to fund it and to be able to pay for the amount of time it takes me and those expenses that are that are part of the podcast um and, and also involve the community so if you have any thoughts on sponsors or on patreon uh if you would support a patreon for this you know if you would put in anywhere from say five to 
$20 a month to pay for the podcast and the YouTube videos, then shoot me an email at questions.learnstage, at questions at learnstagelighting.com rather, because I would love to hear from you. And I'd, I'd love to know if, if that's something you would be interested in or if everybody just wants this for free. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not against going out and getting sponsors for it. I just know that for the amount of time it, it takes to do a good job on the podcast and I, I want to continue to make it better uh, and, and interview people and things like that, you know, I, I need to do something here. So let me know what you think. Questions at LaurenStageLating.com is my email and I would love to hear from you. So today's main segment, like I talked about, is how do I choose the consoles that I recommend? Or in fact, really, this applies to any gear. Here on Alert and Stage Lighting, I talk a lot about consoles, and there's good reason behind that. Ultimately, the console is the brain of your lighting system, and the console in, in lighting is really the single part of, of the system that has the most impact on the rest of it. And what I mean by that is if you choose well with the console and fit something that meets your needs well and does what you need in a console... It's going to save you a lot of time and frustration, and it's going to enable you to program some really awesome stuff and to be able to have a really great lighting show. Conversely, if you have the wrong console for your needs or just a bad console in general, you'll always be banging your head against the wall. You'll be frustrated. You'll not be able to program um, and make the lighting show that you want. And there's the possibility, of course, if it's buggy or otherwise, and there's buggy, you know, consoles out there that crash. And if you have a crash in the show, well, that stinks because your show stops. And so I talk a lot about consoles for these reasons, because it really is that single piece that that uh, can make or break a show. And there's a lot of stuff in the middle that's, you know, not amazing and not terrible. But ultimately... When I talk about consoles here on Alert and Stage Lighting, and I'm really passionate about this topic, when I'm talking about consoles, I want to find and I want to recommend only the very best consoles in each class, you know, kind of like cars, they say class a lot, you know, for similar uh, vehicles. So how do I choose these recommended consoles or any gear? Well, there's about four, there's four factors that I really weigh when I'm thinking about a console, okay? And I'm thinking about not only, um, well, let's just get into it. So the first is that I'm thinking about functionality. So function is, is the most important, the first thing that I think about, okay? So that for any given user who's out there who needs to control lighting. Functionality means, does the console do what it needs to do for this particular user or, you know, use case, whether it's a church or a band of a certain size of lighting rig? Does it, does the console do what it needs to do? And is it buggy? Because that's important. And is it difficult to use? So when I'm thinking about functionality with any console, these are the things that I'm evaluating. And I'm constantly looking at consoles. You might think because my recommendations pretty rarely change, they're, they're pretty consistent, um, and I rarely subtract or add any consoles on my site. You might think they're set in stone forever. You know, these companies are just paying me off. Um, and, you know, I'm never going to change my mind on these things. And, and that's simply not true. In the past, I've changed my mind. Um, I used to recommend Chauvet's Show Express, but, you know, the Mac version is just not as good. And, and a lot of th other um, 
programs have really caught up and surpassed it. And so I, I don't feel the need to recommend it anymore. And, and I'm not afraid to do it. So uh, what I really look at is the combination for functionality of these three things. Uh, you know, if something is buggy or if it's crashy a lot um, for most users, then including myself when I use it, then that's going to be a turnoff. That's going to be something that I say that's unacceptable. I can't recommend that to somebody. If the console is difficult to use uh, for the average user of, of that console, then that loses my recommendation as well. Because ultimately, not only do these consoles need to do what, what they need to do, being able to control lights, build effects, do things like that, they need to do it in a way that's not crazy difficult for someone to learn. The interface has to be usable. It has to be pleasing. You know, it needs to do everything that it's supposed to. Then I weigh price. So that's the next factor is, is cost. Because ultimately, if it was all about functionality and bugginess, then all day long, I would recommend you go out and buy a Grand MA, which is a top-of-the-line lighting console. And you can get started with a PC version with a basic wing that the new one's going to have 10 faders. And it's about, I think the new one's six to $7,000. The old one was in the mid $5,000 range. And truth be told, I see churches and, and other people, but especially churches, buy these all the time when, in my mind, for someone who's buying a Surface that's that small with a PC wing um, and a basic programming section, they could get by with a much less expensive piece of hardware that involves a piece of software that does everything they could possibly need and they can get it for, you know, literally a quarter of that price. And so price matters. Grand MA, you know, like I always mention here, is a great console. Chroma Q's Vista, formerly Jan's Vista, is a solid console. It works well. It does what it's supposed to. Uh, some would argue when for, for people who are not uh, in the lighting world, who haven't programmed other lighting consoles, they would argue, and they, they're right, that for people who haven't done any lighting before, Vista's a little easier to learn and get started than other consoles. But the pricing is just bonkers compared to other things on the market. So I generally don't recommend it for that reason, because ultimately, you know, you've got a certain amount of money to spend on your lighting. You, the person that I'm talking to here and the person that I'm recommending things to. And I'm very cognizant of that. And I want you to get the best thing that's available for you that does everything you need to know do. But I don't want you to buy something that might also do everything you need, but is significantly more expensive. I want your budget to stretch as far as possible while still getting you a console that can do everything that you possibly need. And so that's really why price matters to me. And another thing that I look at at price is, are there multiple price points for different needs or different use cases? And that's kind of a nice to have feature, but most consoles or software that I recommend have this, this going on because you want to be able to recommend this not only to someone who has less money versus more money, but also I want to be able to recommend it so that someone can go ahead and maybe start smaller and grow as they continue. And we're going to talk, that's actually my next point that I look at is growth. Okay. Can the console both 
financially with, you know, being able to add on more wings or uh, uh, more processing or more outputs, can the console grow with the user? So is there going to, where is the point? Because there's always a point, pretty much. Where And where is that point where the user, the person who's who's buying this console, where is that point where they're going to hit a wall and not be able to do any more with this console? And then I say to myself, okay, is that, you know, a reasonable distance from where they start? Because the worst thing that I ever see in this world, and I see this a lot, I've seen this a lot with installations especially, is a console gets bought, it gets installed for the lighting rig on the day that the lights are sold to to whoever is buying them. And then two years down the line, the the venue, the church, the band, the theater group, whoever it is, decides they want to add some more lights, or maybe they want to use some moving lights and they didn't have any moving lights before. And they go to figure out how to integrate it with their console, and all of a sudden they figure out it's going to either be impossible or very difficult. And I hate that. I don't want you to buy a console and then two years down the line have to be trying to sell that thing to be able to get something else in to meet your needs as you grow. Now, I know that not everyone that I'm going to recommend a console to, not everyone is going to need to upgrade and grow into the future. Some folks, maybe even a lot of users, are going to buy a set of lighting, they're going to buy a console, and for the next 10 years, it's going to do everything they need. And that's wonderful. But I want there to be the ability there so that even if you're not considering it now, down the road, excuse me, down the road, you'll be able to go ahead and upgrade your console um, or upgrade your lights or at least within the console have enough space to be able to do this. One specific example I think of that used to be really popular and I think they still get sold is a lot of installations and, and even individual users were buying these Jans Stage CL consoles. And it's not a bad console. I've done shows on them. Some corporate event companies, a lot of them own these things and, and they work. They're an okay interface. They do their job, all of that. But the problem with the Stage CL from Jans is that it can't program moving lights. The software literally cannot integrate moving lights onto that board. It can't be done. Now, technically, there are some workarounds you could do, but you're not going to get the level of programming that you want out of it at the end of the day, and it's going to be difficult, to pro- very difficult to program on that particular console. And so when I had folks inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs or people who sent in questions for the podcast or similar who had these consoles, they may say, oh, we just bought these moving lights. How do we integrate them? Or we're going to buy these moving lights. And they may have just bought the console a year or two ago. But now they're faced with the fact that they have to run maybe a PC with some software alongside of their console just to control the moving lights. They hopefully will replace the console entirely to get something that can do moving lights. And you know, all of this was was stuff that they may not have been thinking about when they first went to buy the console. They might have thought, well, this does everything we need and the price is reasonable, let's buy it. But now, just a couple of years down the road, they're having to replace it. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to anybody that I recommend things to. And then the last factor that I weigh is longevity, okay? So especially with software, but also with standalone consoles, I want to know, will this console 
likely be around and stable for years to come. Obviously, none of us can tell the future. None of us can read what's going to happen in the future. But if the console's been around for a few years and it's been stable and it's actively being developed, then chances are it's going to be around for years to come. Or if it's not um, been around for a few years, then I like to go ahead and talk to the developers and look at what their plans are. And I look at um, how much they're selling it for. And, you know, I talk to folks and see if they like them. And, and I really, I get pretty hesitant on recommending new things unless until they've been around for a while. Because I want to make sure something's going to be around for a long time and that it's going to be useful for people. Okay, that's that's a big deal for me. I mean, we can't always tell the future. Like a year or two ago with Onyx, it was formerly Martin's MPC. Um, Martin decided that they didn't want to, or their parent company decided that they didn't want to be in the console business anymore. And it was looking a little scary there for a few minutes. Now they've gotten picked up. Everybody's gotten hired back on uh, with Elation. It's Obsidian's Onyx console now. And everything's hunky-dory. It seems like it's going to have its best days ahead of it. But I'm always looking out, basically, for this longevity. And especially with PC-based software um, or Mac, but just a computer-based software as opposed to a standalone console, I want to know, hey, for the future, for the long term, is this going to work? Is this going to be updated? Because with computers, there's going to be system updates, and sometimes those break parts of consoles. It happens to every software out there. And I want to know, I want to see the the history that this console's been patched, it's been updated, it's been taken care of, so that I can know for the future that it'll also likely be taken care of. This is also the reason why I generally don't recommend uh, totally free open source software. So I get questions about this a lot for about programs like QLC Plus or Freestyler or things like that. These packages have been around for a long time and, you know, it's likely they'll be around for a while too. But at the end of the day, with how small the lighting industry is, and believe me, when I talk to console manufacturers, I hear about how small the industry is. Um, often we compare it to the audio industry because they're kind of our buds, but the audio industry has all these musicians in it. And so the amount of units that a company will sell of a sound console as opposed to a lighting console is very different. There's significantly more audio consoles sold than lighting consoles. And so because the um, because the market sells so many less consoles, this is this means that it's more difficult for free software to to be out there and to be viable because there's just not as many users. Not that not to say it can't happen, but at the end of the day as I've been watching this now, you know, I've really been watching this stuff for like 10 years now. Um and um you know what I've seen is that the companies that even if they offer a version of their software for free or maybe they just have paid versions those that have some way of monetizing and of selling their console and making money off the software and or the hardware, these are the, these are the softwares and the hardwares that are the easiest to use that can have a great price but can grow over time and still have that longevity. So that's, that's generally why I don't recommend those free packages, just because they, you know, kind of 
on every level are not quite as good as the paid stuff. And then often I've seen these projects, you know, something might be promising and then it kind of goes dormant for a while and then it starts breaking and they kind of issue a bug fix. And, and I've just, I've seen in the past too many people that have had issues with these because at the end of the day, you know, if nobody's uh, making any money off the console, then they might lose motivation to develop it. But, you know, it can go both ways. I mean, on the software side, you know, so that's why I don't recommend those. They're just they're just not as good as the paid stuff. And, and even the paid stuff, there's often free versions, but it can go both ways. For example, there is a software manufacturer out there that licenses software that makes software for a number of the bigger brands you've heard about. And a lot of these big brands will sell these pieces of software under different names that are remarkably similar. And those pieces of software are really buggy. And I hate it. And I get people all the time who buy it because they were buying a set of lights from a dealer. They were sold, well, this is the software package for people like you, usually kind of entry-level to mid-range um, stuff. And then they end up with a really terrible piece of software. And I hate it. So... What do I recommend? Uh, you guys have heard my recommendations on here, but I want to kind of shift at this point of the podcast and talk about each of the consoles that I recommend and that I cover on LearnStageLighting.com and in-depth through video tutorials that are much more in-depth within LearnStageLighting Labs, which you can find out about at LearnStageLighting.com slash labs. And so these are the consoles. I don't think that last sentence was a complete sentence, but these are the consoles that I recommend. And I just want to go through the four factors and explain why I recommend these consoles over other ones. Okay, so the very first one, and this also doesn't mean, this is a good point, that there aren't other great consoles within the class, within that class of consoles. I just pick here and I choose the best console of each level, which I consider basically entry-level, intermediate, and then pro-level lighting consoles. I break it down into those three general buckets because that's generally where things break down. Now, there's definitely the most options in the entry-level and the professional level. Uh, the intermediate level has less options of console, but that doesn't mean that in every one of these levels, there aren't other good ones out there. I just think these are the best within these four factors. So on the, the base level, Entech DMXs. Entech DMXs is the entry-level software that I recommend the most. And the reason why is it's functionality-wise, it does what it needs to. It controls lights. It's able to change the colors to move moving lights. And it's designed, if you're not familiar with it, to run a band's lighting show from stage. But it doesn't have to be done that way. I've had churches, community theater groups, DJs all run shows with it and they get a great result and they're happy with how long it takes to program, etc. Now, it's not buggy, which is great. There's rarely any bugs in DMXs. It's been around for a long time um, and it's very simple to use. Okay, most of the features, if you start until you get really into some of the, the highest level features inside of it, it's very easy. And then if you do get to the point where you want to start using those more advanced features, I've got videos on it and, and you can you can learn these things. Um, it, it takes a little bit more time. But price-wise, you know, there aren't multiple price points with DMXs. It's two, it's about $300, um, just under it usually. 
and um, that's the cost. And so I wish there were multiple price points, but at the same point, it's a simple console that does a great job for small shows. Uh, on the growth path, if somebody, the, the way that I recommend this to people usually is that you can do one universe of DMX outside out of DMXs. That's 512 channels, right, of, of data. And if somebody is, say, you know, above 300 channels and they're looking to buy something, I generally don't recommend DMXs because I know that they're too close to running out of channels. And besides, it, when you get to using a lot of channels in DMXs, it really slows down the programming time, I mean, not on the computer end, but just on the navigating around and, and switching things. It, it becomes more difficult. So on the growth end, you know, there there isn't a lot of room for growth if you start at the top of the fun, of what DMXs can do. But if you start with just a handful of lights and then you might buy more and more over, over time, then you'll have a lot of room to grow. Longevity-wise, um, it's likely to be around. As far as I can tell, you know, this is a console that I think when it came out, what did it come out in the early 2000s? Uh, late 90s, something like that. I don't remember. But it's been around for a long time. It's been very stable and it's it's likely to be there for years to come. I guess we'll see. Next is uh, Entex D Pro. This is a step up from DMXs and it's a little bit more of a professional level console, but it sits in the intermediate and the reason I like it is because it allows you to do more complex things and program faster than DMXs. It's generally not buggy. There, there's a few bugs people find, but it's not bad. And it's pretty simple to use. The The reason why I generally recommend something like D-Pro or WorkPro's Shark, which will be the next one that I talk about over a professional level console, is because you can do a lot and make a really great show with these consoles. But there aren't a lot of features and um, functionalities in there that you don't need for the average show. There's not a lot of extra stuff. And so while in a professional console, I can control everything and anything and have fine control of that, in these intermediate level consoles, I can control a lot of fixtures, a lot of lights, but not have all that need for a ton of different options or fine grain control. And so that's why I generally recommend that. Uh, there's There are multiple price points of D-Pro. It can grow with the user. Um, and it does tend to grow well as you add more more lights. It's, it's still easy to control and easy to grasp. It's still not overwhelming like DMXs is when you fill it up all the way. Uh, and, and longevity-wise, you know, same as DMXs. It's from the same people. And I expect to see it around for a long time time. Now, the WorkPro Lightshark is, is the next console that I cover here, and it's a little bit of a newcomer. I first ran into these guys at the LDI trade show, one of the places where I find new consoles, and um, it's a cool, standalone, non-PC-based console. It's very similar to D-Pro within kind of what it can and can't do functionality-wise. I would say it can do a little bit more than D-Pro, um, but it also costs just a little bit more. But there's still a few options there. Growth-wise, um, that console can grow with the user. It can control a lot of lights, and without any additional licensing, it can output eight universes of DMX, and so that's a pretty big deal. And, and longevity-wise, 
you know, this one's only been out for a couple of years. And so I was kind of hesitant at first to recommend it. And I waited to see a little bit. I want to make sure they were shipping, that they, you know, users were liking them, all that stuff before I really started making a recommendation. But I found that it's worth recommending that it, it sure does seem like it's going to be around for a long time. And so for that reason, you know, because of talking with the developers and, and um, seeing their vision, you know, I have every reason to believe this console is still going to be around in 10 years. But if it's not, it's stable. It's, it works well. It's not on a PC, though you have to use a tablet um, or a PC to, to, use, to see the user interface via a web browser. Um, the, the software itself is not on a PC. And so that means as Windows updates and Mac updates and all that stuff happens into the future, even if they don't update the software, which they will, I have a beta version right now, in fact, even if they don't update the software into the future, you're still going to be able to use it and it's not going to break or anything like that due to its software updates uh, from anything. Also, it's got a lot of longevity because while it works on mobile devices like tablets, there's not an app. It's a web-based interface um, that's very smooth. And so because there's no app, that means that there's no app to break. Again, same, same thing before. Now, the last, uh, the most, the professional level console that I recommend is Elation slash Obsidian's Onyx. And this is the one that I get the most flack for. And the reason that I think I get a lot of flack for recommending Onyx is not that it's a bad console, it's a great console, but it's definitely the professional level range is definitely the place where there's the most solid competitors, okay? When you look at the professional console landscape, those that, when I'm looking at it for, for folks who are listening to learn stage lighting, I'm thinking about people that might be entry level or intermediate level. A lot of my listeners and, and readers are. Some are professional. And so they're probably going to be using a PC. So I want to make sure there's a PC version and a console version so they can grow. I like to see a range of consoles. Uh, and truth be told, in the professional console range, we've got, just thinking, you know, off the top of my head, we've got Avolites, Camsys, we've got Hog. We've got um, Grand MA, of course. We've got Vista. And there's even more than that. Those are just the quick ones, the popular ones here in the U.S. that that I can name off the top of my head while I'm, while I'm talking about this. But the point is that this is the space where there's a lot of competition. You know, I'm not afraid of that. But what I see is that Onyx is a unique platform that offers a lot of benefit for the entry-level to intermediate user, and even the professional user. When I do shows as a professional lighting designer, I actually like using Onyx more than Grand MA. And that may make people's jaw drop. They say, isn't MA the best? Blah, 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 blah. And MA is a great desk, and I like doing shows on MAs. And I do them fairly often. But... There are some things that I can do quicker on Onyx. There's some features like the Q-Blender function that MA simply can't do. Now, MA3 is a great piece of software, and when it is stable and comes out, you know, I think it'll be, be awesome. But it's not out right now, so we can't really judge based on that. It's, it's just as, you know, um, if it's not something that's stable and that they're able to release to run on shows, then I can't recommend it. Uh, 
And so for that, those reasons is why I really recommend Onyx, that functionality-wise, it does everything it needs to. And not only that, out of all those major brand consoles that I mentioned, I've used them all on the PC, and I've used, have I used them all on a, a real console? I haven't used Camsys on a real console, but the rest I have. Um, out of all those consoles, the PC version and the console version are the most consistent between the two. And hands down, the PC interface for Onyx is not beat by any console out there. I really believe that because it's the only one that really allows you to be able to run and program a full show with just the touchscreen interface or even on a screen, not even a touchscreen. You could do, you could use a mouse and keyboard, um, but touchscreen's faster. And it's designed for that. You don't have to have any second window up with like a command keypad. There's one that pops up and you can use it from time to time or you can leave it up all the time as a window. Um, and so I love that, that it works amazing on the PC all the way to the consoles. The interface is usable because a lot of these other ones, you know, uh, like Hog and GrandMA PC and Campsys, they just don't feel natural on the PC. It doesn't feel like it's the environment that they're supposed to be working in. And, you know, it's kind of not. They want to upgrade you to a console, as does Onyx. But at the end of the day, I would like to recommend something that's really usable on PC. And and both myself and I talked to other experts and other people in the industry who use these consoles. And pretty much everyone agrees, even if they're not a big fan of Onyx, pretty much everyone agrees that Onyx has an incredible user interface for the PC. And, and the console interface is great as well. And it's consistent between the two. Um, now on the price side, Onyx cannot be beat in my mind on price. The fact that you've got fader wings like the M-Touch and M-Play down under $500 now under their new ownership. They brought the price down. Who does that? Um, and then they go all the way up to consoles that are around $30,000. And there's everything... There, in that range, there's there's many steps in between the two. I love that. Um, growth. You know, the console can grow with the user. Even if you're just on a PC with a simple wing, if you need to grow past your four universes of lighting, you can buy an Onyx key and unlock a hun- er, 155, 255 universes. A whole lot of universes at DMX. I don't have the number off the top of my head. <laughs> Um, and then longevity, you know, I believe with elation even more so than with, uh, Martin before that it will be around for a long time to come. Um, Martin did a great job and they did a great job with the console. You know, when they got bought by Samsung, that's when they started to reconsider and think about what they wanted to be as, as a future company. And they decided they didn't want to make a console, but you know what? The longevity stayed there because they did the good thing that they didn't just kill the console. They recognized the amount of value in it and they sold it to somebody else who could continue using it. And, you know, in an amazing feat as well, you know, they were able to negotiate and ensure that Elation, even if you have a Martin product that you bought, they're going to support that for years to come. They're going to support that product, support the software, even if you never bought it from Elation, which I think is incredible. So, that's why I recommend Onyx. And then the last console that I, I want to recommend shortly here is called Lightkey. This is a Mac-based 
piece of software that I've been watching for a few years now, and I'm just going to mention it because I get a lot of questions about it. You know, what do you think about Lightkey? Blah, blah, blah. And I've been using it and I've been evaluating it and testing it um, over the past month or so. And it's got its pros and cons. For the entry-level user, for somebody just starting, it's really easy to learn and really slick and smooth. Um, it kind of breaks the mold of the traditional console and does some really cool things. My concerns on it, the biggest is that as you start to get a lot of lights, the interface starts to become really cluttered. And your building blocks, um, which I forget what they're called, but they're kind of like palettes or presets. I think they might be called presets that you use to build your cues that you play back. They, as you start to get a lot of lights, you start to get a massive amount of those playbacks, those presets rather. And it can become really cluttered really fast. So that's kind of a downside there. But but for intro entry level users, you know, it's not a bad piece of software. It costs more than others. Um, it, it's, it has a yearly cost to it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's definitely a good option. It's one that I'm considering recommending. And that's why um, I put I mentioned that in here because I mentioned at the top of this show, hey, how do I choose these consoles and how does a new one come to be? Well, uh, this one I've been watching for a couple years. Initially, I saw a lot of some people recommending it, some people saying it was great. But then as I really searched and started to work with it myself, read forum posts about it, I found that people were having issues with bugginess. That's since been overcome, which is great. Um, but you know, I wanted to give it a while to see, okay, is this thing going to last for a long time? Because I never heard of the software, the company that's making it before. So I wanted to make sure it was going to last a long time. That now looks like it, it definitely will. I wanted to be sure that it wouldn't get buggy all of a sudden in a software release. I wanted to make sure they continue to make improvements. And they've done all that. And they've done some unique things just on a side note, like the fact that you can bring in fixture profiles from other programs, some of the popular ones that are sold a lot. You can actually import those into LightKey if you don't have a profile for your light. I think that's a big plus. Um, and so, you know, that's how I add new consoles to my list is I'm just always watching out there just at trade shows as well as on the internet and, and Facebook groups and all that stuff. I'm always paying attention to the chatter out there to new stuff because ultimately, especially when it comes to software-based consoles, there are so many out there. And every year there's new, more, more and more new options that come out. And I at least look at most of them. I download some of them and I test a lot of them. And I'm always looking for the very best things. And, and as I mentioned at the top, you know, I don't really accept sponsorships from any of these manufacturers. What I do allow them to do just for full transparency here, because I could make a lot more money if I took sponsorships and just sponsored products all the time. What I do is I accept if they want to send me free gear to evaluate, I will accept it. Now, I have to disclose that to you. The FCC here in the U.S., the Federal Communications Commission, they require that I tell you that I receive that for free, and I always do. That's important to stay within the law, okay? So, but, or if it's sponsored, I have to tell you that. But I really don't take a lot of sponsorships. Now, for some of these companies, I've done their training videos. And, and that's come out of, Usually, actually every time, me finding the console, enjoying it, making a couple of videos or just contributing to the user community myself. And then that turns into myself and the company talking and, and figuring out how we can work together um, to make videos. So 
I don't take sponsorships. I don't, um, for that reason, you know, I'll let people basically buy my, my favor and my recommendation. Every recommendation that I make is legit. It's, hey, I've tested things, I've used these, and I think this is your best bang for the buck. I really do for every one of these consoles. And I hope that comes through on today's show. Now, as I mentioned, I usually don't take sponsors um, and things like that. And so this podcast is totally supported by Learn Stage Lighting Labs and, and the other various ways that, that Learn Stage Lighting makes money. The biggest being the labs, the in-depth videos, uh, how-tos, step-by-step instructions, and feedback in the forums, which is available at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. But I'm starting to test the waters and I want to hear from you. So send me an email at questions at learnstagelighting.com or go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact and just fill out that contact form. And I want to know, would you like me to start taking on some sponsorships so I can keep this podcast going? Would you like me to start a Patreon so that uh, I could, you know, give some some special access to the Patreon people, but more important, uh, recognize you on the show and just have a, a way for you to thank me with your dollars for making this podcast and give me the ability to keep it going for a long time down the road. Let me know what you think about that uh, and, and, and we'll see you in the next episode. Next week, I'm going to be talking with, um, I'm going to be doing Q&A next week, actually, sorry, about that. So I'm always excited. Again, learnstagelighting.com slash contact is where you send your questions. And then about every two weeks, I open that email inbox. I answer those questions here on the show. And so do feel free to check that out. Show notes for this week's episode will be at learnstagelighting.com slash 066. And I will see you guys here next week. Be sure to subscribe if you're not, and have a great week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.